Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You just need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and family. Rocket can. Um, you know, the other night, I felt like football was back for the first time. And... I'm usually not a preseason dude. I, I Maybe we talked about this last week, but uh, I feel like there's an extra anticipation for football season this year, even more than normal, as popular as football is. And my theory is that it represents normalcy. It represents, you know, the feelings that you typically have around the fall and your life and your structure of your life and everything like that. And last year you didn't have that, even though the football season happened. And not to say that people didn't watch the football season, of course they did. But there was um, no preseason. There was no build. There was uncertainty. Um, and, and this year it looks like there will be fans back in the stands and, and people can go and, and all that. Uh, Delta variant and all that with, with standing – I don't know about anybody else. I um, can sense that like panic and anxiety and all that stuff in the air again. And I don't want to talk about anything but fun stuff today. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think any of us need to um, to delve into that. So I'm going to um, avoid uh, topics that that may may take me to a place of of dread and anxiety and panic. Uh, so let's talk about football. And I was um, watching that game between New England and the Washington football team. That's the first preseason game, first NFL action. I know there was the Hall of Fame game and everything. The first time I, like, sat down and watched them, and maybe it's because it was the the Field of Dreams game, which we'll get to in a second, was on at the same time. And it just felt more like an event night because, you know, it's one of those times, like, your phone is calling you where you – might be doing something else, but people on Twitter or, or whatnot are talking about something. You're like, oh, yeah, I got to experience this. You know, this is um, part of the, the the life. And I watched some of that game. And, you know, it, it maybe felt a little bit more important because it had a storyline attached to it. 
which is the the quarterback battle that is going currently going on in New England between Cam Newton and Mac Jones. I know that Bill Belichick has said Cam is the quarterback and all that. And there's a um a level of respect and a, a level of uh like um uh both ways between Belichick and and Cam Newton, which is cool to see. You know, it's cool to see Cam got there and those two guys got along so well and so on and so forth. But after watching that game and not totally reacting only to what I saw in a preseason game, but the context of the entire situation, I think Belichick's under some pressure. Maybe pressure's the wrong word. He's a, uh, you know, as accomplished as any coach in the history of the sport. So I'm not really sure how much pressure that is, no matter what comes up. But I feel like all the momentum, at least, is behind Mac Jones. And I do believe it will be tough for the collective fan base of New England to not see Mac Jones under center sooner rather than later. And I think by week one. I think by week one. I'll say this is a diss of Cam. Cam, I've always been a, a fan of Cam Newton. Um, I defended Cam for years when people would say stuff about him when I thought he was, at a time, one of the most individually impactful players in the NFL. Like, because the Carolina Panthers had Cam Newton, more so than I think you could say for other individual players, they had a chance to win or they were a competitive team. And I mean that because they were so reliant on him. I mean, it's not like they had a bunch of weapons. It's not like they had, you know, much to speak of as far as the, the kind of things that would strike fear in your heart other than Cam Newton, who had the ability to, to run an offense in, in different ways and, and run in different ways than we've seen a quarterback run before, right? Like Cam, not only did he take off and run, you know, which we've seen plenty of times, uh, and design runs and all that, but he would like run it up in between the tackles too, which is usually not what the quarterback would do and gain those short yardage gains. So he was really a threat all across the board, hence the MVP he won. But Cam's style of play was so physical, so physical, most physical quarterback I think ever, that it eventually was going to, you know, take its toll. And we, we've seen it take its toll over the last several years where Cam, to me, does not, you know, he's not the same guy. You know, I'd say uh, he's more Cam Kent than Super Cam right now. And that's been that way for a little bit, a couple years now running. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, one preseason game. We're talking about the last couple of seasons, including last season. Now, to be fair, 
to be fair, um, Cam last year got off to a pretty good start. The Patriots got off to a decent start. You know, if he had gotten into the end zone in that game against the Seahawks, who knows how their season goes. If he didn't get COVID, who knows how their season goes because we've seen the effect that that can have on, on athletes. But for the most part, I think we've seen enough from Cam in the last several years where I'd have to be proved otherwise that he can be the same guy again because I don't believe he is or can sustain it for a long period of time. And he's had a real problem since his shoulder injury throwing the ball. He was never the most accurate passer in the league. That was never his strong suit. Um, You know, it was the the combination of skills that put him over the top and and made him one of the elite QBs in the game. But he suffered a shoulder injury, and his uh, accuracy and, and everything has gone down since then. And I just don't know if he's competent enough in the passing game right now. I mean, they have to build a completely run-heavy offense for him to continue to be the quarterback. Meanwhile, Mac Jones gets in that game, and, and like I said before, like the fans, you could sense the energy, uh, you know, the, the ovation that he got when he came in. They're ready. And I, I, I suppose that's, you know, there's a few reasons for it. I'm, but one of the, ultimately, I think the, the biggest is all fan bases like the unproven, the potential of the rookie, right? And Cam was never viewed in New England as more than a transitional quarterback, right? It's not like when the, the Patriots got Cam Newton. I, I know there was some buzz last year when they got him saying, Hey, this, you know, watch out for the Patriots. So they got the steal of the offseason, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think anybody thought, oh, Cam Newton's going to be the Patriots quarterback going forward. Like, you know, it goes Tom Brady, Cam Newton. Cam Newton was at the phase in his career where he's a vet. You know, he, he clearly has been the consummate professional over there from the outside looking in. Um, the coach speaks highly of him. You know, they needed somebody to hold things down until they found their next quarterback. So when that's the case, the fan base is always going to be ready to transition and turn the page and get to the that next guy. Now, I'm not saying for certain Mac Jones is that next guy. I, I don't know. None of us know as of yet. But I thought he looked pretty good in the preseason action that he did get. You know, he comes into the game, and, and the thing that stood out to me the most was his, uh, I guess, presence is the word. He looked comfortable. He looked like he knew what he was doing out there. And he looked like he could run the Patriots, I call it annoyingly on schedule, offense on schedule. He got the ball out quickly. In a couple of seconds each time, I think he averaged like two seconds on two two seconds of change on delivery. Got the ball out quickly, got it on schedule, and it looked like you know, sort of. I was watching the Patriots' offense that I remember a little bit because he brings a dimension that Cam just might not be able to physically able to at this point in time. 
I mean, his depth of throw was greater than Cam, throwing the ball further down the field. And he had a, uh, a dime dropped, one that should have been a touchdown. His overall number is very pedestrian. That is like 87 yards, hardly anything to come like blown away by. Even if he did perhaps have better uh, wide receivers at Alabama. But I got the sense that, oh, okay. You know, he believes in himself. He believes he knows what he's doing. And I guess that would make sense given where he did go to school, given what he did accomplish, and that he's kind of more pro-ready than some rookies might be, and that he's in an advantageous situation where, you know, you're dealing with the greatest coach of all time and perhaps a system that fits his skill set. Because he's not... I always say that um, mobility is a prerequisite ability for quarterbacks nowadays. And Mac Jones is not the uh, poster child for that. He's not, you know, what any of the other guys drafted ahead of him were, are. Um, Zach Wilson, I I, I got I mean, Zach Wilson, I see more rolling out and, and stuff. But, you know, the, uh, the, the kind of athlete that we're seeing at the quarterback position more and more nowadays. But... I mean, he can scamper for a first down, you know, move the, the change, that kind of thing. I just thought he looked composed, in control. And when you just take all those things into consideration, when you, you take into account that perhaps he can do something with the offense Cam's just not physically capable of, that he doesn't look scared out there like a, a rookie that needs to sit and and learn that the fan base and the franchise both seem poised to want to turn the page and move on and, you know, dub somebody else the next guy, the next quarterback of the New England Patriots. And that I, I just don't think Cam, you know, as much as I like Cam and much as I think Cam was a great player, I don't have the recent evidence to support that. And at this point, I just don't think Cam's that guy. So you put all those things into a shaker, you shake them up, what does it tell you? That Mac Jones should be the starter of the New England Patriots. And if Mac Jones should be the starter of the New England Patriots, why wait? You know, it's actually almost worse for Cam. You put him out there for a few games and he doesn't look great and and you you take him out or you know you have what happened with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year happen where you decide you have to go to the the rookie anyway even if the team is doing relatively well I don't know if that would be the case in New England but I think for Cam to keep that job he would have to somehow morph back into super Cam instead of the Cam Kent that we've seen. And I'm just reading the writing on the wall, I guess, if you will. And I, I'd say at this point, I'd be surprised if Mac Jones is not the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots come week one. What do you think? 855-212-4227. Who should be the starter for New England? Should it be Mac Jones? Are the Pats ready for Mac at quarterback? 855-212-4227.
You can also get at me at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. That's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. I mentioned that that all happened uh, at the same time as the Field of Dreams game. I, I got a question to ask you about Field of Dreams as well. But right now, I want to know what you think about the Patriots quarterback situation, the quarterback battle competition, whatever you want to call it. 855-212-4227. It is the Robin Lundberg Show, and it's here with you on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show. Should the Patriots make the move to Mac Jones at quarterback now in preparation for week one? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. I believe that they should. Um, it seems like the writing is on the wall. Therefore, why wait? Um, I just don't see what the ceiling is with Cam at this point in his career, as great as he was um, earlier in his career or during the prime. I, mean, I don't want to say earlier like it was 10 years ago. During the prime of his career, I think, you know, Mac Jones showed that he can likely move that offense on schedule. And they just need to change the guard over there. So I would expect him to be under center for the Pats week one. 855-212-4227 at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. Uh, what did you uh, think of your, what do you think of your quarterback right now, Anthony? I, I was at the Jets uh, green and white scrimmage and, and the, the early returns from Zach Wilson after that, the fans were, were ready to, to, to draft. Oh, I mean, which is stupid. <laughs> I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, again, it's, it's so early on. I mean, can we give the kid a chance? Um, and listen, I think um, part of it is because the defense has been so good so far in training camp, uh, which is a nice sign. Uh, Salah already uh, paying dividends on the defensive end of the football, side of the football. And, uh, you know, one of their newest acquisitions, Carl Larson, who they signed, who was with the uh, the Bengals prior, has uh, been dominating and uh, he's been living in the backfield. So um, that's all a good sign for the Jets. I mean, so the defensive line has uh, performed very well thus far in camp. So I think uh, part of it, uh, Zach Wilson's struggles has been because the uh, the defense has been all over him in, in camp and practice. They've been so good. So, I mean, that, that's a positive sign there uh, for uh, the Jets is uh, the defense already starting to look uh, much better under uh, their new head coach. Uh, you got a big ovation at, at that. I, I took my, um, my son and he got a big ovation and uh, he, he said there's no fights at camp. And then I, I actually saw like debate shows the, the, the debating whether it was a good thing or not that there were no fights at <laughs> Jets training camp, which uh, to me the things that people hey it's August uh, the people things well people, that that people will find to argue about and, and fight about uh, is pretty ridiculous. Uh, not fight about, but you know what I'm talking about. Talk about, but uh, that's I, I guess part of the anticipation and the buzz of the football season. Like I said, I, I think this football season there's a there's a palpable buzz to me as it approaches and, and I do think it, it it represents that like level of normalcy to to people where they're they're okay the preseason games are happening on schedule my fantasy draft is going to happen on schedule I can go see my team play if I want to see my team play or be part of the tailgates or whatever I'm not really worried that the the schedule is going to be canceled or the season is going to be canceled or that there's going to be all sorts of delays and, and, and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, that sports have seemed to also get the uh, what's the um, phrase when you're at like a theme park and they give you the the pass to go on all the rides faster. The fast pass. The fast pass. Sports have gotten that now, right? Like <laughs> everything else, you, you you keep seeing all this stuff being reported, but sports are, are going on <laughs> as is. Once that happened, the the band aid was ripped off, and, and sports are are on their their normal schedule. I mean, once the you know the Olympics, that was the last one that was, I guess, sort of questionable at, at periods of time. So I I think um there's something that that football turning of the page the whole world is going to hell but we still got our football and sports yeah i dude i can't watch i uh uh, the news too depressing it's not even just it's terrifying the uh my wife what likes to watch um what's his name david muir or something on cb uh abc and she put it on last because i don't watch that stuff I mean, I'm I'm very aware of what's going on. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I'm not ignorant. I'm not avoiding the information. I just don't take it in the way it's packaged by some of the the, the news. And I'm watching five minutes of that. I was like, how do you not have an anxiety attack every five? It comes in. It's like, dun, 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 dun. and then like they have dramatic music playing under the whole uh, r- prompter read he's doing, and it's it's it goes from. It goes from COVID and the Delta variant and, and the cases are out to like global warming, mass shootings to global warming to children being abducted. It's like, well, yeah, you're scared of everything after that. And then they tease it ahead, you know, like to the next thing of why what you're doing every day might kill you. And, and uh, people are got, they got to be captive to their fear. It's wild. I mean, and they don't have Trump no more. So they, they can't like lead into that so all they got is i mean that's a obviously COVID is a, a, a real thing and it's it's terrible you know in general like yeah it's scary what we're all going through but i i don't think the the presentation helps let me put it that way um and people who are watching that every day habitually they they got them scared out of their heads that's what i was saying at the top of the show i i want to concentrate on fun stuff today i i can't be talking about I've talked plenty about vaccines on the show. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about, <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing heavy today. I need, I need a. I think we all. I I sensed it this week. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I feel like I have a pretty good. One of my skills, I do think, is is being able to kind of take the temperature of the audience, understand what's going to work, what's not going to work, uh, at different times and how how people feel. And I I do think this was like kind of a week where people have reached their limit with various things and are angry and, and experiencing anxiety and, and, you know, frustration and all that. So I thought, I thought the best outlet for that was, was just to talk about like, you know, normal stuff, normal football. Who should start for the Patriots? Yeah. Who should start for the Patriots? Mac Jones (laughs) or, or Cam Newton, uh, 855-212-4227. But if you want to let out any of that frustration, if you're, if I'm right, if I have you pegged right, and, and there's just any point you want to make. Let, let's try to f- focus at football at first. But if there's just something you want to say about your football team or or the approaching football season, or it, you, you just need to get off your chest, I'm always here for for that as well at eight five five two one two four two two seven. We're going to remind you today at one Eastern, ten Pacific on CBS. Summer hoops continue to sizzle with another intense afternoon in the Big Three. Then at three Eastern, noon Pacific. 
we head from the court to the course with a star-studded lineup featuring Fowler, Watson, and others competing at the Wyndham Championship. That's all coming up tomorrow on CBS. I mean, I guess these rookie quarterbacks have added a, a, you know, a nice, intriguing storyline to the, the, this season as well. Like, and they've activated several fan bases. I mean, think about the fan bases that are being activated by rookie quarterbacks. New England, uh, uh, a team that has become, you know, obviously represents that Boston market, that Boston fan base, but has become the preeminent, one of the preeminent franchises in the in the sport. Um, San Francisco, one of the biggest franchises in the history of the, of the sport. Chicago, obviously one of the, the biggest, most passionate franchises in the history of the sport that, that hasn't um, had a quarterback almost ever. The Jets, same deal, at least market size, you know, in the biggest market and haven't had a quarterback in forever. I mean, that's a lot of teams. It's a lot of teams. Uh, and there's other rookie QBs I know that are, you know, vying for uh, playing time or, or catching some eyes and, and, and the like. I mean, I think, I think it's even happening in, in Indy right now. So um, Sam Ellinger has, has gotten rave reviews uh, out of camp with Indy. And obviously Carson Wentz is on the shelf, at least at the moment. But that that's you know that that thought the 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 potential of the new quarterback until you realize he's not that guy uh, is always tantalizing. And then if he is that guy, it gives you hope. Yeah, it's franchise changing if he is that guy. If he becomes Josh Allen, right? Uh, what what Josh Allen has been for the Bills, or what Lamar Jackson has been for the the Ravens, or obviously Patrick what Patrick Mahomes has been for the, the the Chiefs. I'm just thinking of recent QBs who are, act, you know, like we think of them now as vets, but they aren't that deep into their careers, right? Like these are guys that this happened within the last couple of years. Kyler Murray in, in Arizona, you know, like where they take over and all of a sudden the franchise is, is different going forward. So, yeah, of course you feel that way if you're a fan of one of those fan bases. I just think that, you know, the most visible at the moment because it does seem, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some of the you know maybe Trey Lance would, uh, it, but it, it appears Trey Lance is under that actual like tutelage deal with with Jimmy Garoppolo at least for now. Andy Dalton, we'll see how quickly Justin Fields can get on his heels. We know Zach Wilson. There's not really comp in in New York, and then. It feels with the Patriots, despite the fact that Mac Jones was drafted after all those guys, that he is the one in position to most quickly take over the reins. And, and I do believe it will happen by week one. I do believe that. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. It is The Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Talking a little football this AM. 855-212-4227. Less than a month away from the NFL season. We are. We're talking like Yoda now all of a sudden. Football soon, we know. Steven in Miami, you're on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Good morning, my friend. Morning. What's going on, dude? Um, I was wanting to talk a little bit about uh, uh, preseason since we got the, our Miami Dolphins down here up in Chicago having their first preseason game of the year. 
I'm excited to see the rotation of this wide receiver core and see truly how explosive these boys get to be with the speed from Jalen Waddell, Albert Wilson, uh, and uh, really see uh, how these boys shine. I think we're uh, uh, geared up for an explosion from this wide receiver core. Well, look, I mean, that they did everything they could to uh, surround Tua Tagovailoa with talent, right? So this is going to be, uh, you know, he, I feel like people were a little harsh on him last year because Ryan Fitzpatrick played pretty well um, and, and because, you know, he was under a microscope being a little bit more on his own than with a group the way it, it, it's broken down. This year, at least it felt that way from the, the focus standpoint. But this is the year where he's got to show and prove, right? So yeah. I think with with those wide receivers, um, yeah, that's that's got to have you excited as a Dolphins fan, given what the defense showed last year. Yeah, it's just a just a bulk of some really talented guys. I'm excited to see how they rotate them in and out, and who ends up getting a solid starter roster spot. Yeah, uh, look, I, I appreciate the call. Thank you. I mean, as far as far as teams that could be on the come up, I mean, you look at that that AFC East division. For the longest time, I, I used to call it Patriots and Friends, right? But now, I mean, I, I think the Bills, because they won it last year, have to, to go in as the, the favorite. But you you have to give Miami a certain level of respect, given the season they had. I don't think you can totally rule out New England, um, given the, who their coach is and, and their track record, even without Tom Brady. And then there's the Jets, who should be better than two and fourteen. <laughs> you know, but the, that division, pretty strong, top to bottom now, or getting stronger. Let's put it that way, where it's not just. I mean, one of the the cases you could have made against New England over the years, and, and I, I didn't make this case because it's silly. I mean, I, I don't try to delegitimize what people are accomplishing, but it did. It didn't hurt the Patriots, let's put it this way, that that division was so weak for so long. And that, you know, they were basically getting two wins each time they were playing any of these other teams. Or they could chalk up almost six wins within the division every season. And that is a, a big deal. Like, that's that's an, uh, a nice thing to have in your, your back pocket going into a season. Like I said, like I called the division Patriots and friends. And the, the Patriots, I mean, they were basically written into the... Almost the AFC Championship game every year when you think about it. I mean, they had um, well, a bye most seasons as well based on, on getting fat on that record. It was funny. You look back and you remember all the years Tom Brady played with the Patriots because Peyton Manning just got into the um, the Hall of Fame. Was that a week ago now? And one of the things I wondered is, did Tom Brady in a way make Peyton Manning slightly underrated. I, I guess I, I don't know if you can actually make the case that, that Peyton Manning is underrated because he still gets so much love and he's still so like revered and his speech is, goes viral and you know ESPN is, is doing backflips and, and cartwheels and and playing a you know romantic love songs outside of his window to try and get him to, to announce games for them, trying to get him to do the Monday night football games. And they, you know, they finally got some sort of uh, broadcast with with Eli and and Peyton together. But it feels more like a, a shoulder uh, programming than than anything like you know a, a secondary 
broadcast. He's not doing it the the way that I, I guess everybody invent, envisioned, where Peyton Manning would be the the new Tony Romo, right? And but, even uh, though everybody knows that Brady's the goat, they will still say that Peyton is the best regular season quarterback ever, and also the smartest QB ever. Do they say? I, I guess is Peyton smarter than Brady? I mean, here's the thing. Brady, to me, what makes Brady Brady, more than anything else, is how quickly he makes his decisions and how quickly he gets rid of the ball. So, yeah, Peyton Manning would sit there at the line of scrimmage, and, man, it was annoying to play against him in, like, Madden, right? Because if, if, if it wasn't um, your buddy controlling it and you were playing the computer, they, they do the cadence, they do the Omahas and, and let the whole clock run down. Yeah, and, and I get it. You know, Peyton Manning was a, uh, a coach on the field, if you will. And I always... It always used to make me chuckle a little bit because Peyton Manning, the coach, would only get praised and never criticized, right? Like it was only, it was only like, wow, look at what Peyton Manning did at the line of scrimmage and and the brilliant audible he called and the guy's a coach on the field. It was never the Colts lost. Peyton Manning did a bad job coaching the team <laughs> at the offense and at the line of scrimmage. And I always actually thought also that that may have been a contributing factor as to why he wasn't as clutch as you'd think, especially earlier in his career, he had that uh, that reputation, right? And, and think about it's another variable that you have to throw into the mix. It's another thing he has to do. He has to process in-game when you're going so fast already. When you, you, know, you, you get into a high-leverage game, you have to perform in a high-leverage situation physically and, and mentally, but he's adding another layer of that mental performance but yeah I mean I understand what you're saying as far as regular season and and uh and smartest but I I do think like if I'm to say what's the one thing that makes Brady Brady it's not his arm strength uh it's not you know his avocado ice cream it's none of that stuff it's bang bang you know like he, he drops back he gets rid of the ball he makes his read he makes his progression he he goes through his progressions he makes his decision he lets the ball go and the offense is on schedule. It's on schedule. And that's where, you know, why I was making the case for Mac Jones a little bit before, where I think, you know, he seems to me to have the um, presence at the line of scrimmage where he can run that offense in a way that makes it look like what it used to look like. Because the, the Patriots offense is kind of like, um, you know, it, it's a train that, that gets on schedule makes all its stops, and eventually gets to the end zone. And you have to disrupt that rhythm to, to throw it off. And, and with Cam back there, they have to run a, a different style of offense just because he doesn't seem physically capable anymore. You know, and definitely accuracy questions and arm strength questions with him now, given the shoulder. He was never, you know, that was never his strong suit. Um, and while he, of course, I think he's the most physical quarterback I've ever seen and again you know individually impactful when, when he was in his prime he's not doing that stuff anymore and that's been a couple of years so it just seems like time to to turn it over to Mac but Tom Brady obviously mastered that and and brought some of that to, to Tampa and morphed it with what Bruce Arians wants to do which is throw the ball down the field all the time and you saw them like sort of figure that out as they went and again, credit to Brady, credit to Brady for, for 
doing it and, and, and getting it done. I mean, the fact that he went to Tampa and won is still one of the craziest things. I mean, it, it really – I mean, talk about the greatest of all time. It's not an argument. It's not an argument at all in the NFL. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the only guy who's got like a chance, but he's got so much work to do that it's it, you can't put him in that conversation right now. You could say he's the best you've seen or the most talented or something like that, but you can't say, um, you know, he's even – in Brady's shoes or in his realm. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers, as good as he is, I don't think you could say he's in Brady's realm. Peyton Manning was Brady's direct rival. He was his, his direct rival. And, and that was, th that was the argument for the longest time is it Peyton or Brady. And, and it sort of felt like, um, a Jeter versus a rod debate for a while where Brady played the role of Jeter and, and Manning played the role of a rod, meaning, Brady got the credit for being clutch and 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 having it, right? While Manning put up the numbers, but was questioned in the 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 biggest situations. I think Manning shed that choker narrative that he had going earlier in his career. I mean, he did go on to win a Super Bowl with the Colts. He did have that you know big win against the Pats in the AFC Championship game. Uh, and then he goes to Denver and, and has another basically successful career. It's a secondary successful career. And, you know, even in that, that Denver Super Bowl, he didn't play particularly well at all. But there is a value to just having an offense run on schedule. You know, the competency of of making it happen. Um, and, and knowing when to, to snap the ball, knowing when to get the ball out, knowing, you know, not how to not beat yourself. Or, or panic, uh, even if he was obviously and, and clearly very limited at the end there. But I, I do wonder a bit if, because Peyton, I mean, because Tom Brady has distanced himself so far from Peyton Manning, where it's not, you, you can't really have the argument anymore. You can't really come into a room and say, you know, Peyton Manning's better than, than Tom Brady. You might even believe there's, I'm sure there's still some people out there who believe it, but you're going to lose the argument. You just don't have the ammunition in the argument anymore. There's no argument against Brady. You can't really come with anybody and argue against Brady. Because Brady has, has also, by going to Tampa and winning, the only thing you could have ever used that would have been a viable argument against Brady was the fact that he did all his winning in New England, right? Like, oh, well, he's a product of Belichick. He's a product of the system. Uh, he's a product of the AFC East. Sorry, he left. First season wins a Super Bowl somewhere else. I, I and, I and I get the Bucks have talent. They do. I mean, super talented wide receiver core. He did a good job picking his his new destination, but he also erased any of the arguments that you could make against him. And therefore, I mean, he just put that kind of you know once they were once neck and neck, Brady or Manning. Brady puts that distance between himself and Manning, and I wonder as a result if it made people look at Manning a little differently, even though it really shouldn't make you look at Manning differently because it doesn't change how great Peyton Manning was. It just emphasizes how great Tom Brady was. So that's the point, or is. That's the point I was trying to make is I, I wonder if, in a sense, you know, Peyton Manning has become slightly underrated due to Tom Brady, or, or maybe he's just properly rated now, which is, to me, you got to have him as a top five quarterback of all time. I mean, he's right in, in that conversation. It's just, it's Brady's number one, and after that, 
is when the arguments start. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Robin Lindbergh on Twitter. But, you know, Peyton Manning, he's definitely very well liked. You see that all the time. Commercials and and just the reaction. Like I, like I said, his speech got... And they'll be linked because that was the story out of the, the Hall of Fame presentation, was it not? That Tom Brady was there with Peyton, you know, Manning giving him... Uh, a little bit of, you know, poking fun at him a little bit in his, his speech. But, you know, injuries also had an impact on, on Peyton Manning's career and and where he he ended it, I guess, when he ended it. Because that's another thing that, that Tom Brady's doing to put distance between he and really anybody else is the longevity aspect of it. I mean, luckily for him, he, he's not... He was never totally reliant on his athleticism or anything. You know, his mobility comes with his uh, ability to move in the pocket, sort of feel the rush, know when to step aside, that kind of thing. And most importantly, the way he gets rid of the ball. The way he gets rid of the ball and does it on schedule. Because to me, that's Tom Brady's greatest trait. How quickly he makes decisions, how decisively he makes decisions, and then how accurate he is once he's made those decisions. It's the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. You can weigh in, 855-212-4227. I talked about that Field of Dreams game, or at least I I teased it. Uh, I'll tell you, I saw it, but I'll tell you what I haven't seen coming up next. It's the Robin Lundberg Show on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 